Hello, everyone. I'm Gabe Gottesman from KMIH 88.9 The Bridge. And alongside Scott Pirak, I'm thrilled to be speaking with the new principal of Mercer Island High School, Mr. Walter Kelly. Mr. Kelly has previously been a principal at three schools, most recently at Highland Park School in Dallas, Texas. Former MIHS principal Vicki Puckett had high praise for Mr. Kelly, saying he is definitely kid-centered and has done a lot of work in equity and diversity, which is an area that I know he truly values. So, Mr. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks, Gabe. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's actually my fifth school. I've had four uh, schools as principal wow. before that. So, you know, finally, finally hoping to hold a steady job. <laughs> All right. So I think we're already kind of on the fun route. But before we get into any of the serious questions, we thought we'd have a little fun with some rapid fire. Uh, obviously, we know in your interview with ASB President Noah Hendelman, you answered some pretty interesting questions, and we love the answers. And I think on behalf of the rest of the school, we're craving some more. So are you ready? Uh-oh. I'll do my best. All right. So first question is, what would your last meal be if there was one hour left before the world was going to end? What's the one meal that you would have? Dungeness crab. That's a good one. The next one is, what was the first concert or sporting event you went to? First concert, the Doobie Brothers in Waco, Texas. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Here's another one. This is, a, this is a fun one. If you could only have one shape of pasta for the rest of your life, what shape would it be? Oh, Fusilli. It's got to be. It's the spirals. <laughs> um, if you could take a vacation to one place in the world where you haven't been so far, where would you go? Oh, I almost got to take one and do a bike race, a week-long race in the Dolomites in Italy. I had to cancel, would love to go. I'll do a second cheat answer. I've never been to New Zealand. So those are my two. Those are good answers. Um, and next, if you could only bring three ob objects onto an island, what would those objects be? Is it in cell phone range? Yes. Okay, then, then I'll start with my phone. Gotta go with the safe answer. Um, and people aren't objects, I know that. So I can't choose anybody in my family. It, can a dog be an object? Can bring a dog. We're, we're say dogs are allowed. Dogs are allowed. So, okay, my, my phone, my dog, and a water purifier because I'm practical. That's a good answer. I like that one. <laughs> All I right. Should, next I should week. go with his, the dog since it doesn't hunt very well. It's a greyhound, but uh, maybe like a, a sharp knife to be practical with it. But, you know, we'll go with the dog because it's more, more uh, personal. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Better personality can, than a knife. Yeah, that's, that's true. If you could meet one person in the history of the world, who would it be past in the past? Man, that's hard. I think a Teddy Roosevelt would be kind of cool. Anthony Bourdain would be a cool one too um, and be in the past. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg would be pretty freaking cool too and unfortunately now in the past. So I'm cheating. I'm giving you three answers you can choose and, and use any of those. And those okay. are all great. We have five more for you. Next, um, what was your favorite class in high school? Tennis. I was, I was actually a pretty serious tennis player. My second, my academic class would have been government. And uh, if I had to choose a third, would have been, uh, I had a great English teacher my junior year for honors English. Loved her. So we know uh, you played tennis. And if you could have one doubles partner for one match, who would your dream doubles partner be? John McEnroe. He was my hero growing up. Interesting. Um, Great next, doubles player, too. Would you, 
um, out of these providers, which one would you use? Amazon Prime, Hulu, Netflix, or cable? I'm usually, to... I'm usually Netflix kind of guy. I am. I, I know I am too. I don't know about Gabe, but I do love Netflix. I, I mean, Ozark is just, I, I love that show. It's just off the rails. All right, so this is a fun one. So we put your name into a Wu-Tang rapper name generator. <laughs> And it came out, Walter Kelly came out as Fearless Dreamer. So is that the rapper name you would stick with? Or do you have any other suggestions? And on top of that, who, what's your dream collab? Who would be uh, your favorite feature on a, on a song if you made one? Ooh, Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott. And then who, what's your name? What's your rapper name besides Fearless I can't Dreamer? beat that. Maybe if you threw Fearless a new in front of that. But maybe that's too long. Principal Fearless <laughs> oh. Dreamer. So we have two more for you before we get into the serious questions. Um, what is one adventurous thing you have always wanted to do? I know for me, I would love, I, I would, I would love to, I mean, I'm too old to do the climbing piece. I would love to go to the Himalaya. I would love to go trekking. Uh, that, that would be, yeah, that would be it. Final one. We know you majored in pre-med in college. Do you have a specific late night horror story while cramming for exams that we should be uh, knowledgeable of when because we're not going to college quite yet. Is there one <laughs> night that comes to mind before an exam or a project? Well, besides, okay, so one was um, my roommate and I, you know, we, we, we had to own our inner geekness. So we actually had Legos in our, in our apartment. And one night I passed out uh, studying late, late at night and woke up and went to the test the next day had a Lego imprint right on my forehead because I passed out on a Lego and I got all sorts of grief for that. It, that is one I've never, I've heard some interesting ones, but I've never heard that one before. That's really cool. At least wow. it fell off before I went into the room though, you know. Um, moving away from the rapid fire, we want to get to know a little bit more about you before we move on to the school. Um, who is your role, role model in life and how have they impacted you? A uh, personal role model. Uh, is probably a guy, and there are a couple, there's one that I share with, I'll, I'll give you a couple. One is um, a guy named Dr. Bill Cooper, and he's a retired Dean of the College of Arts and Sciences for Baylor University. Uh, he was one of my philosophy professors, and when I was having a really tough time in college, uh, he um, had me into his office, would listen, um, reframed things so I saw it in a more positive light, didn't always focus on the negative, um, and just cared and he stuck with me and he he still uh, we still write each other uh, at least once a year and you know he, he he's not young anymore um, and just one of my favorite people my grandfather and my mother are two people that I very much admire um, my mom because she always tries to build like better answers and solutions and friendships versus than and you know she doesn't fight until she has to uh, but when she does, you don't want to take her on. <laughs> so I kind of admired that about her. Um, and my grandfather was just really a man of, of principle and was willing to do what he thought was best even when it was tough. So those are my, those are three. I told you John McEnroe is my hero though, tennis wise. And, uh, and I, I just, I love the fact that he was such a fierce competitor. Uh, and interestingly enough, for all his annex and his bad boy reputation, really known for being a really nice guy with the other tennis players on the tour. So you um, obviously have a lot of great values that we've learned about. What are some of, uh, can you kind of reiterate Thanks. some of your 
main values in your life and how you plan to kind of incorporate those to make an impact on the high school? That's a great question. First, I, I appreciate the positive presupposition. Um, I think life is something we work on every day, right? I mean, I don't know that I uphold the best of it every day, but you know, we try. I try. Um, the, I love, I love creativity. I, I sincerely appreciate what it takes and how beautiful it is for somebody to make something that's from their mind and um, from their thinking and, and from their art or, or science or whatever it is. But the creative venture and what we do as people is, is fascinating to me. Um, curiosity and, um, and then kindness. Um, next question, what made you want to come to Mercer Island? I had been in the same position for 10 years, um, lived in Dallas for the last 16 years before moving here. And there's some things that just allowed us to start looking outside of Dallas and the state, you know, just as far as my child's getting older, I have a 13 year old, uh, my wife's career, my career, where we could start looking where we wanted to live. And so specifically this last year, we started looking at Northern uh, California, specifically the Bay Area, and specifically this area. And it just seemed like a really nice match. Um, it, very similar in some ways to where I was school-wise and community-wise, but you know, really with a lot, um, I think a lot of the same just kind of ideals uh, that, that we had as a family that I appreciate here. And I love the outdoors. You put me outside and I'm a happy human being. Well, unless it's, you know, minus 10 degrees and sleeting. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, I'm a happy human being. And this is just beautiful. And I've had a chance to go um, to Rainier uh, a couple of times already. Uh, gone to the North Cascades. I actually did a three-day, 45-mile backpacking trip uh, with a friend of mine uh, this summer. Uh, lost three toenails. But, you know, other than that, we're all good. Um, we're going to um, Lake Quinault in about two weeks with my family and, uh, you know, just doing a lot of hiking, backpacking, you know, little, little cycling. It's good. And it's a great place to live in the Pacific Northwest. And it's great. Yeah, to it's, here. it's not, it's not ugly here. Yeah. It's such a beautiful spot. And, you know, I realized that I have yet to get through a winter of gray. Um, and I realized that's like my, you know, the test of metal here. Uh, but, um, you know, missing a Texas summer at 105 degrees a day, I haven't missed that part. I miss some friends and things in Texas, Tex-Mex and friends, but, but not the weather. Um, and after being a principal at four different high schools, you spoke about how you were at the last high school for 10 years, yeah. now becoming the principal for Mercer Island High. How does the culture and values of each high school you've been a part of differ? Wow. That's a great question. The first one was Telluride um, in Telluride, Colorado, small ski resort town. And I think rugged individualism was, uh, was just a, a part of how that, how that place is wired. Uh, basically, think about it, the metaphor of putting a helmet on a kid and letting him go down a double black slope at 10. I mean, you know, it's kind of that sort of place. And as long as I have the helmet, we're all good. We can break a leg, just don't die. Uh, so that was, that was part of that spot that was a lot of fun. I loved, I worked for two schools in a, a school district in Richardson that were very diverse schools. And uh, I mean, it's kind of like you name the family, you name the kid, there are at least a dozen just like that. I mean, it was really, and so that, in, that belief in a place that can be that diverse and the commitment to that place in school and community is inspiring. 
Um, what I learned coming out of uh, Highland Park is the dedication, two things, dedication to excellence and community is the, the school is the center of a community. And so I think those may be the lessons I, I hope to learn from each one, not to sell any of them short, they're complex places. So we wanted to talk about something that's obviously for you, the kind of the elephant in the room is that you're coming to this new high school in the midst of a global pandemic. And that's definitely not the easiest about this. in the world to do. So uh, yeah. instead of talking about what that's been like, I want to, knowing that you're such a positive person, what's kind of been something that, you, that you've like looked at and said, wow, like this is actually a positive aspect of coming to a new school during a, uh, during a pandemic. I, I have it as good as you as one can have it. Um, and so while I realize that this isn't easy for anyone, uh, one of the things that's positive is we live here on the island. And uh, in the last seven, six to seven months, I've seen my son and spent more time with my son than I, I would have typically. He would have been in school, I would have been at work. And so we've been home together more. And as a family, that has been a touchstone I know that we'll never forget. Um, that That's primary. And secondly, you know, I can't, I can't hate this year entirely. I got to move up here. So uh, other than that, I mean, I, I worry about the isolation of people. I worry about the weight of, I worry about the people who have to make the decisions that impact the health and well-being of others. Um, and, um, and, and beyond that, you know, life is good. And you were talking about the health of others. And as the school year continues, we've seen many high schools around the country begin to resume sports obviously not in Washington because of our current stage. Um, as Mercer Island High School hopes to return with sports later this year, they put out the four-step plan. Um, if someone on a sports team tested positive, what would the plan of action be to keep students and staff safe at MIHS? First, it, you know, that's somewhat of a hypothetical. I mean, there's so many variables, but yeah, know that we would, uh, follow, uh, we would follow County of Health, um, Washington State, uh, guidelines, and also we work with the uh, superintendents and principals around King County. So we'd be looking at the guidelines from the county health, the state, state, educa state educational system, state sports association. We'd be looking at all those things using that guidelines, and we would also follow the direction of the board of trustees and superintendent. Uh, suffice it to say, uh, you know, we would take every safe measure to notify people who would be exposed. Uh, we would make sure that uh, we took any precautions to isolate and, and limit exposure from that point forward. It, it hits home. I mean, guys, I, my former school just had 11 football players test positive and they canceled that last game. Uh, not, and the game was certainly the least of those concerns, but yes, that can happen. And yes, I think that you're hitting why we don't right now have sports. It's that caution for human life and safety first. Uh, I, I think I, I love sports as much or more than just about anybody and miss seeing, uh, seeing the events and seeing our, our players and seeing our, our fans there. Um, yet, I would hate to think that anything we did out of impatience um, put anybody else at risk right now. Another thing that, uh, that we're kind of curious about over the summer as students is how you train the staff over the summer to deal with um, how hard it is to be an online school. Obviously, sometimes students have their cameras off, especially in the spring while everyone was kind of getting used to it. It was a little bit harder to engage in class. Uh, can you talk about a little bit about the summer training for teachers, not only to help engage students, but also to make them feel more comfortable with this whole virtual learning? 
well and, and know that that goes both ways i mean the faculty here the teachers and staff here have helped me learn and catch up to speed also so and that learning process happens together it started with a group of what are called learning forward groups that sat and planned as many details as we could for the district and the high school um, we looked at those things that were students parents teachers administrators counselors on 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 those teams uh, set forth a plan for that a couple of things that came out were uh, making sure that we provided enough support and time for teachers to create and think through lessons and to work together uh, and also to know the technology that's present uh, so our teachers spent a lot of time this summer prepping not just what the lesson ideas were but how they could, they could easily facilitate it because you know as you guys have probably noticed everything takes planning now it's hard to have spontaneous conversations you you can't do a turn pair share as a teacher would call it without setting that up on zoom so all of those things just take more time and take some some skill with it i think that our teachers learned a lot last spring uh, i know that where i was working we learned very quickly and uh, i'm hoping that the experience while not ideal is at least better for you guys than it was when we when we took off in march you worked in dallas on the race to end racism initiative um and obviously at our school now uh, every day it seems like that's kind of more uh as it's coming to a light in the united states it's more of a kind of a topic here as well so can you talk about um each of the four eyes that we have this school i don't know if uh, principal puckett told you but we've got innovation inspiration integrity and inclusion that's kind of the foundational values of the school can you kind of talk about how each of those words represent to you um, for our school sure uh, let's start with the work that uh, just to be clear the work that um, i did previously was work with a board of advisors and a staff at the harvard uh, graduate school of education uh, they host an annual um, uh, workshop institute uh, for a week every spring uh, that is the, the um, race equality and leadership or the real institute so that's what i i worked on developing i got to facilitate and work with that group of superintendents and principals on the first time with some friends of mine um, and colleagues of mine um, and that was there it just led to some interesting conversations that we had so um, one was a close friend of mine um, say 14 16 years principal in the Chicago area named Keith Wood. Uh, Keith is black. Uh, Keith and I have known each other for years and it was that institute, I guess two or three years ago, we were working it and we sat down one evening, we're like, we've never talked about race. And we talked about why. And one of the reasons was just the risk of friendship, the risk of that conversation. And neither one of us had been willing to, to you know, cross that line, so to speak, with one another. And it made us think very carefully about what we're asking of our students uh, what we're asking of people to have these conversations at, at young ages where there's social impact i mean if and having those conversations with some skill and confidence when it was tough for us as middle-aged guys to have that same conversation after a long friendship so i want to start with that work impacted me in many ways uh, another way it impacted me was really seeing very clearly um, the redlining of uh, bank loans systems uh, that really placed uh, black families in a situation where it was very difficult for them to accumulate family wealth and security. Um, and so, you know, they're kind of a two layers. One was watching that systemic piece of it and studying that in depth in the work on that institute. And the other was uh, really having those personal contacts with friends of mine and us thinking about how do we model that and how do we help others 
and how do we do better? Um, the other was we worked very, so a spinoff piece of that, about the same time at Highland Park, we have a group of students and I, they deserve all the credit. And um, they started an institute, which was uh, the Race to End Racism. Um, and it was a group of students, Highland Park started about 30 schools um, in that area would come in, a partner, have table talk discussions, set action plans, have student exchanges, and really look at how do you start to build these relationships and these conversations that it's going to take to be able to persevere, uh, to deal with some of these serious issues and not let the conversations um, stop before we ever get somewhere. Um, you asked me a question and I took a side note. I didn't mean to, to do a politician bird walk there. Um, so one is innovation. Correct. I think yeah, we're living in a time of innovation right now. Um, you know, there's a there's an old phrase, necessity is the mother of invention. Right now, we're having to innovate how we do school in a pretty practical way. And you guys are having to innovate as students. How do you function like this? And we're having to keep relationships alive. So the innovation piece, whether we like it or not, we're in the midst of one of the greatest times of innovation in a school period and decades. Uh, the second was inclusiveness. Um, a statement I would just I'll reiterate from a colleague of mine in New York was if you if you haven't figured out how your school is a good place for student X, meaning you make up that student and you see if he fits, then we have work to do. And we do. We and we're not alone at Mercer Island. Every place does. But we have work to do to make sure that every student we we meet the needs of every student socially, emotionally, physically, and academically. Well, we take care of that as a community and as a school. Um, the other two words that integrity was that one integrity and inspiration. All right. Well, I'll, I'll throw out a little when I was in second grade. I wanted to always have integrity pencils because there are these pencils you could buy in the office that said integrity, but I pronounced it integrity. So uh, integrity is simply being honest. Uh, you know, do what you say and say what you do. Uh, I'm hoping that that we can walk that walk together. And I also realized that you know, I'm one person and I'm talking to two people, you know, there's this is a community about 17, 18, 1800 people that come together in a normal school day that come together every day. So how do we do that together that we live those values every day? Um, and the last I was inspiration. Was that it? Yep. Inspiration. Okay. Well, That's you know, inspiration, the word inspire, you know, inspire means to breathe in. And so, and maybe the first step is that we really look around and learn from others. And the first thing I hope is that I'm learning from you guys. I, I plan to learn from you more than you'll learn from me. Um, our next question for you is, what is one of the most daunting or challenging parts of coming to a new high school virtually where, frankly, most of the student body hasn't been able to see you through like an assembly or in the hallways? And I mean, we've all, all been online, so it's kind of a unique circumstance. Two things. It's it's hard to have those spontaneous conversations where you just really get to know somebody. Uh, and on the first day of school, I walked out in the hall and I expected to have a bunch of freshmen looking around asking how they got to class. But before I could answer, they'd run off and see their friend. I, I missed that. That's that's selfish, but I missed that. I missed the energy. Um, but more fundamentally, it's harder to establish trust because you have fewer interactions and uh, you have less context for those relationships. So you know, establishing trust. Uh, when that's important in the early, especially in the early stages of working with a group. Um, and it goes both ways. Uh, but that's, I think that's what we need to overcome. Uh, and I think we can. 
Uh, I don't know if you've learned this quite yet, but we're, Mercer Island's a pretty confident group of people. I would say it's a pretty confident community. And I think um, yeah. on behalf of the rest of the school, we think we're one of the best school districts definitely out there. So um, in your opinion, in the first few weeks of uh, being the principal at Mercer Island High School, what are some of the glaring ways that the school stands out that you've seen? Um, just you've been like, wow, this is what makes this community so great. Something that makes you excited for the future ahead. Besides the radio station, which I think is really amazing. I mean, this is, you guys have taken a program that most people really kind of let slide in the digital era and you kept analog alive, man. So I'm, I'm happy about that. We got, we got to take care of that. So you, you first, I, I got it. You were playing one of my favorite songs today, which is, um, Queen and David Bowie Under Pressure, which is you an know, old song, but I, I, I actually listen to the radio station when we're around here, and, and I love the fact that it's just a really random eclectic mix uh, of songs, so I, I, I love that. Uh, the second part is, it's the care that people have for the school and the strength of opinions that are there, and you know, if you don't have that, it's tough to create momentum, so you know, the amount of momentum in the school is amazing, it's quick to tell the amount of talent uh, that's there. And you, you, you know, you name the area and, you know, from the student level to, uh, except for the principal from the teacher level, it, there's a lot of talent there. And, uh, and the other parts, and by the way, I've been able to hear the band play, they're amazing. Um, and I've actually seen some guys play tennis. I know, that the, I know that there's a great swim team here, lacrosse. I haven't been able to see those yet. So uh, on one level, the talent and commitment to the school is there, absolutely. Um, and on the other, I, I can't wait to see what it's like running in real life. Definitely. So the last question I have is you're from Texas, but the Cowboys play the Seahawks this Sunday. Now this is a quiz for you who you just got to Seattle, but who are you rooting for? I'm going to plead the fifth, uh, on the grounds <laughs> that it may incriminate me. <laughs> that being said, I, one of my earliest memories of pro football was watching the Seahawks play the Cowboys in the seventies. Uh, with Jim Zorn at quarterback. Uh, so I, I actually really do like, I'm a big Pete Carroll fan. I, I, I think he's an amazing coach. I think Russell Wilson's an amazing guy. I have a lot of respect for the Seahawks. I, I You know, 50, 50 years in Texas is a little gotta tough. Got to stay true to the roots. So uh, yeah, I'm going to plead the fifth on that. All right. Well, uh, on behalf of MIHS, I think we are all so excited to have you leading our school, and we can't wait to see what the future holds. I know eventually we'll be able to see everyone in person, which is very exciting. So thank you so much for taking the time to join us, Mr. Kelly. Scott, Gabe, thanks, man. It's been a pleasure. I look forward to doing this. Hey, let me know anytime you want to do this, and uh, next time I get to interview you. <laughs>